This Water News with Steve Baker is supported by Clearwater and Filtration on Rough and Ready Highway, Grass Valley. Well, Steve, our weather has been really nice, beautiful lately. Um, oh, yeah. And there's, I still see moisture from the recent rains in the soils around my home. And I'm curious, what does drought look like in California this year compared to last year? Well, really, that depends on where you are and what type of drought we're talking about, okay? There's different types of drought. I mean, you can talk about the drought that's a meteorological one, or maybe there's another one called it's a hydrological one. There's an agricultural drought, a socioeconomic drought, even an ecological one. So, so I'll just mention two different kinds, okay? Uh, meteorological drought. In a real general sense, this year, we're slightly better off than last year. Uh, the extreme droughts uh, is being experienced right now in our state only in that central area, the Central Valley. And as you go north of the Central Valley up to Shasta and then onwards to where the Oregon border is, that, that whole section is under extreme drought. Now, everywhere else is under uh, just severe drought. <laughs> it all sounds pretty bad, right? But uh, if you look at the four categories they have for drought, it's moderate, severe, extreme, and exceptional. Well, we here in the foothills are in a severe drought and coastal valley, central valley and Shasta and up towards Oregon, they're in an extreme drought. Now, a hydrologic drought, if we look at this uh, with respect to that, the, the hydrologic components, let's look at the reservoirs. All right. Shasta is worse this year. It's 39 percent filled right now. Last year at this time, it was 51 percent. So there's a big difference there. But then when you look at Lake Oroville. It's it's actually fairly it's 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 a little better than than last year. It's fifty three percent filled as compared to forty two. All right, so it's it's a little bit better. And in Folsom, holy macro, it's a lot better. And I think it's because of the recent rains. It's seventy six percent filled, and last year at this time it was only thirty six. Yeah, so it really varies from uh, I guess different watersheds. Yeah, from place to place, it can yeah. change. We uh, water is delivered to our state. In different ways at different times. Well, how about the forests? How uh, are they? How is our forest uh, um, handling the multi-year drought? Have yeah, you heard but, much? Yeah, I have heard some. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of lidar-based studies. Lidar, it's uh, it, it's really interesting. Lidar stands for a light detection and, and ranging. It's it's a remote sensing method. In other words, we get into airplanes, we get into helicopters with special equipment. And we take measurements and then put all that into the computer and it crunches out a, a picture of what things look like below it. Uh, this, uh, the, the, the technology that is used consists of a laser that pulses and it, um, they also, there's, there's different kind of light they, they use. It's near infrared, which we use when we want to take, you know, warm up our bodies in the wintertime. And uh, there's green light also used for when you're looking at water. There's a scanner, and then they use a specialized GPS receiver. Putting it all together, you get some really precise views, three-dimensional views of what's going on at the, on the surface of the earth, and that includes trees. That's why I'm talking about it. In 2019, the U.S. Geological Survey and Yosemite Conservancy, they completed a really comprehensive aerial survey of the entire Yosemite region, and they use LIDAR. And what they were looking at is the detail of the vegetation, of the canopy structure, uh, with hopes of understanding the, the fuel ladder, you know, what's, what's happening with respect to that fuel ladder. 
and the categories, they always have categories for these types of studies. Um, we're talking about the unburnt areas, the, the low severity areas, medium severity, and high severity. Well, what they found is the low severity fires. Okay, those are the fires that burn the grasses on the ground and burn the underbrush and burn the dead trees, that sort of thing, uh, the unhealthy trees. That builds res resiliency. That's a good thing. That, that's If we want to have fires, that's the type of fire to have. But if they get more intense, it actually uh, creates a less resilient forest. So um, it, it's funny because this recognition through the sciences is – is the same understandings that we have uh, been told by our native populations for a very, very long time. They've, they've known this all along, the, the controlled burn idea, the, the low-intensity burns. So, but to, to answer your question, our forests are, being, are de most definitely being challenged right now, which means that we are as well. So what is our state's response to using stormwater as a benefit instead of a problem um, in our communities? Well, funding is a big issue when it comes to stormwater projects because it's the infrastructure is expensive, and unfortunately, it's it's uh, it's really the cities and the county governments that many times have the burden you have the burden of, of this cost, and because of that, and the money is not plentiful every, everywhere. Uh, sometimes you have slow progress when it, when you're referring to these stormwater projects. The green infrastructures, they're really getting popular these days. And I, I think they're getting popular because it's really a, it's a holistic approach. They're looking at multiple benefits on these stormwater projects. It's, it's, a, it's a way of beautification. You know, it makes our, our landscape that we live uh, so much more beautiful. It it's, uh, has multimodal transit components to it that, that allow us to travel through our communities in a better way, in a very attractive place. We have water conservation. We have groundwater recharge. All, all of this comes together under stormwater these days. So the funding is being found. And there are projects that are kicking in. So uh, it's slow to come, but it is coming. And I'm sure it will be uh, moving forward at a much faster rate as we go along because stormwater discharge is not getting rid of something. It's actually a gain for society. We can treat that water and then reuse it in our homes. Well, Steve, uh, resiliency was what our goal is here. Yeah. Um, how do our efforts fit into Building resiliency. Okay. Create, um, as far as water sources, okay, for our properties, create multiple water sources and then learn how to conserve. And when I say multiple sources, I mean don't have just one well. Have two. Or have a well, but also have NID water, some, some water purveyors, uh, city water. Or have rainwater or have some other system, but have multiple sources of water for your properties. That's one way to build resiliency as far as water source goes. Then prepare your property's defense against fire, okay? Thin out the canopy, remove the underbrush, keep combustible fuels away from the house, okay, and the buildings on your property. And then lastly, and, and really most importantly, is we want to get out safely whenever when there is a fire, and there will be. Uh, we want to be safe about that. Everybody gets out healthy and, and vibrant. So, what we have done in our our neighborhood where I live, uh, we have over 100 people, our only neighbors, they're all working together, okay? This has been happening for the last five years, and it's under a program that we created for ourselves. It's called the Get Out Program, okay? We're all getting out if there's a fire and we're going to be safe. And it's been so successful where we are that we've documented the plan. 
And we're making it available because we want others to also have the resiliency against fire for themselves. And so it's a free download. It's a 10-megabyte download. Just go to www.operationunite.co, and there's a banner at the top. It tells you where to get it. Now, that's uh, just to make it clear, that's .co, not .com. <laughs> that's correct. As a, a very tricky common one. mistake. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Steve. You bet. Thanks for everything, and look forward to talking with you next time. All right. Managing groundwater is Steve Baker's career and passion, and that has led him into working on all water sources and supplies. This has been another conversation with our water guy on KVMR. You can email him with your questions at water at operationunite.co.